Hallelujah. Yeah. All right, so we're continuing on through the book of Enoch. What a journey it has been. As always, we're going to seek to align things with our canon as we go throughout the book of um, Enoch. You know, I remember our canon, no matter you look in Hebrew or in the Greek, the word simply means a measuring stick. You know, and that's what we're doing. We're taking the measuring stick and seeing that the book of Enoch measures up. And, you know, at this point, you know, I can tell you of a certainty, it most certainly does, you know, and it has been very enlightening, you know, to say the least, you know, and helping us to see some things that's within our canon, you know, and to see all the many different things that uh, um, that our canon aligns with it on. So we're going to continue on. Uh, we left off last week in chapter 60, and so chapter 60, verse 6, so we're going to pick it up today in chapter 60, verse 7. You know, and this is uh, supposed to be a snippet or fragment from the book of Noah that is actually not, you know, so. So, click, click. Okay, not quite like that, but. Um, all right. Let me have our first reader read Enoch 60, verse 7, while I uh, get this straightened up. And on that day were two monsters parted. The female monster named Leviathan to dwell in the, in the abyss of the ocean over the, over the fountains of the waters. Hallelujah. Okay, so this was, I, I found this like, um, I don't know if you guys remember um, last week. Last week was, you know, really good um you know and we showed how last week was speaking concerning the end times and the day of yahuwah amen you know and so like we're continuing on in that theme you know and so this is still during that time you know and this is what chapter seven is talking about and on that day speaking about the day of yahuwah amen okay so on that day it says we're two monsters, we're two monsters party, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, you know, yeah, you, you're looking at the word and you're like, uh, you know, there's monsters in the Bible, there's monsters, you know, in, in scripture. Right. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, there, there most certainly is, you know, uh, there are monsters, you know, contained um, within, you know? And it says, now what I found particularly interesting though, it says, a female monster named Leviathan. Mm -hmm. Now, our scriptures speak of Leviathan, but it never speaks of it, of it as a she, mm -hmm. as a female. You know, and so I was actually looking through, like, you know, the mentions of Leviathan, and lo and behold, you know, there's not a clear-cut determination that it is male. Mm. You know, it's always translated as male, but the the translators, you know, assumed that they were talking about a male. And so the male aspects are implied. There's never nothing really in the text that that really nails down that it was a male. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and so I found that pretty interesting. You know, uh, you know, so it speaks of a female monster named Leviathan. And so, like, you know, this is very insightful, you know, for 
the uh would be disciple or the ones that's been taking the disciple uh the discipleship course you know then you know this this little tidbit you know adds adds a adds a bit to it you know now says a female monster came Leviathan to dwell in the abyss of the ocean over the fountains of the water. So we see that this is, uh, this monster lives in the water, right? In the oceans, the abysses of the ocean. All right, so. All right, let's consider Psalms 104, uh, verse 24 and 25. <clears throat> And 26. <laughs> so it says, Oh Yahuwah, how many fold are thy works and wisdom? Hast thou made them all? The earth is full of thy riches. So is so is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, innumerable, both small and great beasts. Let me stop right there for a minute. Yeah. So it's it's it it tells us, you know, that creeping things are in the oceans uh, or the seas creeping things innumerable. They are finding this to definitely be true. The yes. further they go down in the ocean, the more and more species they find. Yes. You know, and so, you know, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, okay, so verse 26, this is why we came here. It says, there go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom thou hast made to play therein. Hmm. You know, and so here it is, we see Within our measuring state, our canon, we find mention of Leviathan, and we find Leviathan living in the seas. Can you see that? Yeah. So that aligns perfectly, right? Yeah. Okay, but this is not the only time that it's found. Also, consider Yeshayahu, that is Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1. It says, in that day, Yahuwah, with his sore and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Mm -hmm. And so here it is, we find out that Leviathan is a serpent yeah. and a dragon that is in the sea. Again, this aligns with what Enoch is saying, right? Yeah. Let us consider Tehillim or Psalm 74, 13 and 14. It says, thou didst divide the sea by the strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to this because it teaches us that Leviathan what? Has heads. Yeah. Plural. Mm -hmm. So this teaches us that Leviathan has more than one head. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know, now, you can see this in verse 13, too. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons yeah. in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan, you know, in pieces. So now we've learned through our canon that Leviathan lives in the sea. He's a serpent, a dragon. It have more than one head. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. All right. You know, so yeah, and 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 is and is a female. Yeah. Go figure. Anyway, <laughs> yes, kind of sound like a monster to me. You know, <laughs> you know. So let us uh, consider verse eight. Now it says in verse eight, it says, "But the male." So there's a female and there's a male. Yeah. But the male 
is called Behemoth, who occupied with, with his beast a vast wilderness named Duodain on the east of the garden where the elect and the righteous dwell, where my grandfather was taken up, the seventh mm -hmm. from Adam, first man whom Yahuwah created. So we see that this is, you know, this is a fragment from the book of Noah. So, you know, and of course, uh, Enoch was Noah's grandfather, you know, who was the seventh from Adam. Now, oh yeah, it looks like we're going to be out of order again. All right. Now, when it comes to behemoth, our canon also speaks about behemoth. What do you know? It's found in Yo or Job, if you would. You know, um, and it's in chapter 40, verses 15 through 20. And let me have my next reader read Yo 40, verses 15 through 20. Behold, now behemoth, which I made with thee, he eateth grass as an ox. Long now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong as pieces of brass. His bones are like brass uh, bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of Elohim. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. Surely the mountains bring him forth food where all the beasts of the field play. Okay. Now here it is. We have we have another monster here, you know, uh, says he eat of grass as an ox, you know, but it says his tail is like a cedar. You know, cedar trees are some of the tallest trees, yeah. you know, his tail is like a cedar, you know, and it says, you know, surely the mountains bring forth bring him forth food. In other words, he's tall as a mountain. You know, so we're talking about a pretty big beast here. Amen? Yeah. You know, and so here it is. Enoch is talking about two monsters, one male, one female, one lives in, in the waters, you know, and one lives on land. Mm -hmm. And so here it is, our cannon, our measuring stick, also tells us about a Leviathan and a behemoth. One lived in the water, and this one here, behemoth, we see live on land. I know, just coincidence, right? You know, yes, our cannon measures up, you know, or Enoch measures up with our cannon, you know. So, man, this is this is awesome, you know. Uh, Enoch 60, verse 9. And I besought the other angel that he should show me the might of those monsters, how they were parted on one day and cast the one into the abysses of the sea and the other unto the land of the wilderness. Got that? <laughs> so they were parted on one day. Now, now I want you to take heed to this question that he's asking. He said, I besought the other angel that he should show me the might of those monsters and how they were parted on one day and cast one into the abysses of the sea and the other uh, unto the dry land of the wilderness. Because he's, he's, he's asking about the monsters, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, let's, let's get into what comes next. Uh, oh, 
what comes next is another another uh testament to Enoch. You know, um this one is found in Second Ezra, you know, and so this is one of the apocryphal books, but um it's one that's very dear to me, you know. Second Ezra, you know, chapter six, verse 47 through 52. You know, uh, let me have my next reader read Second Ezra 6, 47 through 52, please. Upon the fifth day, upon the fifth day, thou sayest unto the seventh part, where the waters were gathered, that it should bring forth living creatures, fowls, and fishes. And so it came to pass. For the dumb waters, for the dumb water and without life, brought forth living things at the commandment of Elohim, that all people might praise thy wondrous works. Then didst thou ordain two living creatures, the one thou called Enoch and the other Leviathan, and didst separate the one from the other. For the seventh part, namely, were the water where the water was gathered together, might not call, uh, hold them both. Unto Enoch, that thou gavest one part, which was dried up the third day, that he should dwell in the same part wherein all, wherein are a thousand hills. But upon Leviathan, thou gavest the seventh part, namely among the moist. And has kept him to be devoured of whom thou wilt and win. Okay. So now here it is. Ezra is saying that, you know, he's teaching us that, hey, these two creatures were here from the beginning. You know, interesting thing is one of them is called Enoch. You know, so Behemoth, another name for Behemoth is Enoch. Now, this is like, this is like some next level stuff right yes. here. Uh, so much so I got, I got to have a drink. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. So here it is. In verse forty nine, Second Ezra chapter six says, "Then didst thou ordain two living creatures, the one thou callest Enoch, and the other Leviathan." Woo! That's some heavy stuff right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Enoch means what? Yeah. What was yeah. that? Man. Man. No. No, that's a mortal. <laughs> We're studying the book of Enoch. No one yes. remembers what Enoch means. Enoch means dedicated. Yeah. Now, what does Leviathan mean? What was that? <laughs> Help her, yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the root word in there? Levi. Yeah, joint two. Joint two. Absolutely. All these years, I've never seen that. <laughs> you know. But the root of Leviathan is Levi. You know, now that's that's really important. You know, so 
here it is with with we have these two these two creatures you know one represents the dedicated the other represents those who are joined too you know and he says thou didst separate the one from the other you know because they couldn't be together the water was gathered together couldn't hold them both so we're talking about some pretty big uh, creatures or some pretty powerful creatures, right? Yeah. You know, couldn't deal with them both. You know, so he says, unto Enoch he gave us, which was dried up the third day. That was land. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Simply put, that was land, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but Leviathan thou gave us the seventh part, which is the moist. You know, speaking of the uh, of the, uh, the the deeps, the the seas, right? right. <clears throat> you know, now can you also see within this the first and the last? Yes. Can you see that? Yes. You know, because the the one was was gave uh, was given the first part, and the other was given the last part. Mm -hmm. You know, and so there's something being said here. Say lie. You know, verse 10 goes on to say, He said to me, Thou son of man, herein thou dost seek to know what is hidden. So, yes, there's absolutely something being said here because there's something hidden here. Yes. And so the angel even acknowledges it and tells um tells Noah rather that. You asking about something that's hidden right here now. There's something hidden. This is this is one of the mysteries of Elohim. Amen. Then he goes on and says, "What's found in verses 11 through 15?" Let me have my next reader read Enoch 60 verses 11 through 15, please. And the other angel who went with me and showed me what was hidden told me what is the first and last in the heaven in the heights and beneath the earth in the depth and at the ends of the heaven and on the foundation of the heaven in the chambers of the winds and how the winds are divided and how they are weighed and how the portals of the winds are reckoned each according to the power of the wind and the power of the lights of the moon and according to the power that is fitting and the divisions of the stars according to their names and how all the divisions are divided and the thunders according to the places where they fall and all the divisions that are made among the lightnings that it may lighten and their host that they may at once obey. For the thunder has place of rest, which are assigned to it while it is waiting for its appeal. And the thunder and lightning are inseparable. And although not one and undivided, they both go together through the Ruach and separate not. For when the lightning lightens, the thunder utters its voice and the Ruach enforces a pause during the peal and divides equally between them. For the treasury of their peals is like the sand and each one of them as it peals is held in with a bridle and turned back by the power of the Ruach and pushed forward according to the many quarters of the earth. So. We haven't said anything about these two monsters yet, though. That was the question, right? The question was, 
you know, hey, you know, what's what's up with these two monsters? You know, how are they parted on one day and cast one into the abyss of the sea and the other unto the dry land of the wilderness? You know, that was the question, right? We haven't obviously haven't gotten our answer yet, though. You know, but interesting enough, says when the lightning lightens and the thunder utters its voice. So now we have lightning lightnings and thunder is speaking, right? You know, and the root code enforces a pause during the peel and divides equally between them. You know, so when they do their thing, there's a pause during the peel. You know, and a, and you know, a peel. Anybody know what a peel is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's a succession of loud sounds. You know, and so. You know, during the peel, they're quiet, you know, and it forces a pause. They have to, you know, they have to chill out, you know, and, you know, we have something in our canon that, that, uh, that disaligns with. It's found in Revelation 10, 1 through 4. It says, and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun and its feet as pillars of fire and he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea was that on the bible and he set his left foot on the earth could that have been behemoth and he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roared that's not the lion is it and when he had cried seven thunders uttered their voices and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. I wanted to know what they was going to say. <laughs> you know, but we don't get to get that. You know, verses 16 through 18, my next reader, um, please. Enoch 60, 16 through 18. And the Ruach of the sea is, is masculine and strong. And according to the might of his strength, he draws it back with the rain and a like manner in his river, forward and despairs of mind all monsters of the earth. And the ruach of the horofrost is his own angel. The ruach of the hail is a good angel. And the ruach of the snow has forsaken his chamber on account of his strength. There is a special ruach there is in that which ascends from it. It's like smoke. His name is Frost. All right. Uh, I'm going to next reader read verses 19 through 24. And the ruach of the mist is not united with them in their chambers, but it has a special chamber where its course is glorious both in light and in darkness and in winter and in summer, and in this chamber is an angel. And the other angel who went with me and showed me what was hidden told me what is first and last in the heaven is in the height and beneath the earth in the depth and at the ends of the heaven and on the foundation of the heaven. And the Ruach of Dew has its dwelling at the ends of the heaven and is connected with the chambers of the rain and its course is in winter and summer 
and his clouds and the clouds of the mist are connected, and the one gives to the other. And the ruach of and when the ruach of rain goes forth from its chamber, the angel come and open the chamber and leads it out. And when it is diffused over the whole earth, it unites with the water in the earth. And whensoever it unites with the water on the earth, for the waters are for those who dwell on the earth, for they are nourishment for the earth from the Most High who is in heaven. Therefore, there is a measure of rain. Therefore, there is a measure for the rain, and the angels take it in charge. And when these things I saw, and these things I saw towards the garden of righteousness, and the angel of peace who was with me said to me. These two monsters prepared conformably to the greatness of Elohim shall feed. Okay. All right. So here it is. We're told about these different spirits. There, there were seven of them. Two of them were good. The angel of snow and the angel of rain. Um, hell, I'm sorry, uh, not snow, but hell. You know, angel of hell and the angel of rain. You know, those were the two good ones. You know, then we get to verse 24, what we've been waiting on, right? Getting back to the two monsters. And it says, the angel of peace who was with me said to me, these two monsters prepared conformably to the greatness of Elohim shall feed, and then guess what? Mm. The text is cut up. I was so upset. I couldn't believe it. It just <laughs> left me hanging. You know, I'm like, what in the world? Come on, man. Where's the rest? Yeah, it cut off. You know, I'm wondering if that was intentional. You know, if someone, you know, just decided to cut it off. Because that's a key part right there. That's a really, really key part. And it just cuts off right there. You know, the two monsters prepared conformably to the greatness of Elohim shall feed. Shall feed on what? Hmm. You know, praise Yah, he left us a back door in so we can find out what they were feeding on. You know, because these two monsters also align elsewhere within our canon. It's found through Revelation. Uh, let me have my next reader read Revelation 13, 1 through 8, please. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his head, ten, uh, upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power unto, given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against Elohim and the blas to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. 
and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. All right, so who do you think this is? Yes, Leviathan. You know, this is Leviathan. I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Yeah. Well, who was in the sea? Yeah. Leviathan. Yeah. Right? You know, and did you, did you take note that it had more than one head? Yeah. Having seven heads. You know, so here it is. We have we have a beast or a monster, if you would, that comes up out of the sea, has these seven heads. You know, um, Leviathan is is a monster or a beast that lives in the sea that has multiple heads. I think it's a pretty good fit. Yeah. You know, and it says, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Mm. Behold, your enemy. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the, of the, um, the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Behold, your enemy. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody see that? Yeah. You know, it's going he's going to be given the authority to make war with us and to overcome us. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship. Mm. You're not, your name not in the book of life, then you're going to worship him. Uh, please understand that. Also, in verses 11 through 17, it says, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Hello, behemoth. And he had, or should I say, hello, Enoch. Uh, the dedicated one. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercised of all the power of the first beast before him. Meaning, he the one who gave the first beast is power. He was the one that was working through that first beast. And cause of the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. This is the one who's going to make everybody worship him. Behold, your enemy, number two. It says whose deadly wound was healed. So he's likely going to kill this deadly wound as well. And it says that he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men and deceive of them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Now, I want you to get this and I want you to get this one good because everyone that embarks upon this this path, you know, 
constantly ask or eventually request, you know, where's the signs? Where's the miracle signs and wonders? They coming. But I don't know if you want to follow that. That's right. Because they are coming. But that don't let that be your criteria on which you believe. Right. Because we're being taught here that he deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are going to be fooled because they're looking for miracle signs and wonders. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I'm here to tell you, you better know your word. That's right. That's right. right. I'm not. Yep. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did, leave, did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Hello, saints. Hello, friends and family in Yahshua. Because we're the ones that's not going to worship the image right. of the beast. Right. Right. Amen. I should hope. We the ones that's not gonna worship the image of the beast, right? Yes. So we're gonna be the ones that is gonna be looking to kill. Right. And he calls them all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, I didn't put this up here to talk about today's time, but we're going to talk about today's time just a tad bit because things are really shaping up to put this in place. You know, I've said it to you before. I'm saying it again. They're going to do away with cash. And when they do away with cash, the stage will be set for this to come to pass. I want you to understand that when they do away with cash, when they implement a system of a cashless society, the stage will thereby be set for this to come to pass. Yep. This cannot come to pass as long as cash is in circulation. Yep. You know, because there's no way you can monitor all the spending. There's no way you can control it. But if everything was on an automated system, a digital system, which we have the capability of doing today, it can. So what I want you to see is that never before in the history of humanity has this been able to come to pass until a time such as this, until a time where technology has advanced to the point to make this a reality. And we're here. They can totally do this. Matter of fact, you know, most of you are already doing it. Right, yeah. You know, most people don't carry cash anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a pet peeve. It's just, I, I it's, it just irritates me to no end because I understand these things. You know, I go to the I go to the store, I go to the gas station, I go somewhere, and someone buys a candy bar and pull out a card to pay for it. Yeah. I'm like, seriously, you don't have a dollar? <laughs> You can't even pay for a candy bar? Mm. 
that's where we are. You know, and I'm here to tell you, just like th at the beginning of this, uh, of this year, they implemented, you know, um, the IRS implemented that anything over $600 on, on your cash apps, your, uh, your, your uh, Zales, your, all your third-party electronic transactions, your PayPals, your Stripes, you know, all of that is going to be being, is, is being monitored monitor and you have to report any and everything over six hundred dollars you know so they're putting the can you see that this they're setting the stage they're setting the stage now don't be like the foolish virgins when 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 it's time and everything's hitting the fan and the messiah is on his way back you try to scramble for oil trying to get understanding because if you come to me then I might have to tell you I can't give you no oil mm. lest I won't have enough for myself right. so you better get your oil right now yeah. you better get it while the getting is good right. understand these things because they're they're coming to pass it will find out we'll find out uh right before our faces yes and never before would it have been possible. So understand that. All right, I digress. Uh, let's stop right here. That's all I have for today. Prayer was a blessing. We're going to cut it right there. Yeah, it looked like a big place. <laughs>